All right. Fantastic. We are live. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Just Two Dads. Along with my co-host, Sean Francis, I am Brian Altunian. And today we're picking up an ongoing conversation around mental health. And uh, mental health has been in the headlines lately. So excited about having a, a lively conversation here. And we hope that you contribute and, uh, and share with us here today on Just Two Dads. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Brian Altunian. This is like this is I am Brian Altunian, along with Sean Francis here for our weekly podcast, Just Two Dads, where we talk about a lot of things. Primarily, we've been focused on uh, areas of, um, of children with disabilities and, and, uh, and, and a whole variety of special needs issues. And one of the things that we've noticed lately is that mental health is uh, should be considered part of this large community. The reality is most of us are members of this community, whether by association, by relationship, or by eventuality. Uh, we're all members of the special of this of this <laughs> special. It's probably more of us that have <laughs> that have special needs than others. Um, we're going to get into all that. Before I do, just want to welcome everybody. Hello, Joe. Um, uh, welcome everybody who's catching us on Facebook Live here and also on our YouTube channel. Welcome, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and comment and like and share and do all that great stuff. You can probably, or you may be hearing us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere that, uh, that, that podcasts can be heard. Welcome, we hope that you want to uh, make a, a contribution to our conversation by emailing us or sending us. In fact, I'm gonna put, the, I'm gonna put it up here on the screen. We're going to put up a little ticker symbol here. Um, we're going to get into this. And for our family and friends down in the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, uh, hearing us on WSTX AM radio, we welcome you as well. And uh, look forward to seeing you all in person one of these days. Uh, you can hit us up on our Instagram. Uh, uh, I am Brian. Al I'm at Brian Altunian. Sean is at I am Sean Francis. We are at Just Two Dads on Instagram or Facebook, or anywhere on social media. You can find us all over the place and uh, look forward to, uh, to, to interacting with all of you. Today's a special conversation um, as we're talking about mental health issues and, and the coming out of the pandemic, which doesn't feel like we're actually exiting as much as we're sort of, sort of maintaining a new status quo in the epidemic that has become um, the top of everybody's uh, mind and in everybody's conversation these days, mental health issues are getting are getting highlighted because it's really creating a very ongoing um, discussion and exposing some vulnerabilities and some other issues. And we're seeing it in headlines with our um, our athletes and celebrities and high profile folks as well. So we're looking forward to having a conversation uh, about this today and continuing this. We started this last week and we want to continue this conversation because it's vital and it should be part of everybody's uh, everybody's thinking and and we should be engaging in conversation as and as dads who um, you know we, we we talk about this from the perspective of having children with special needs and how that impacts us and how we how we process that information. Issues like mental health is also one of those things, it's a taboo subject that people don't like to talk about. It's people don't like to go to therapy and discuss like all those issues that men have this sort of prideful way of being that prevents them from actually getting help and seeking out uh, support in these areas. So I'm looking forward to today's conversation. And as always, my friend, my colleague, my partner, we call them our call each other our partners and thrive because we really have we hold each other to such high standards in everything that we do together and uh, i love working side by side with this guy we uh we talk more than i think we talk to most of our family members <laughs> as always it's probably true john francis how are you today buddy i am doing well um you know very often our um topics uh, aren't chosen we're the ones that are chosen by the topic and throughout the course of doing this show, we've begun to say, you know, um, there is no such thing as special needs. Everyone has the same needs. Everyone needs to know that they're seen. Everyone needs to know that they're heard, that they're loved and that they matter. Um, there's some people that as a result of a diagnosis or catastrophic injury or what is termed a disability, you know, that person may have more of those same basic human needs, but it isn't a special need. You know, they may need an accommodation with regard to, you know, a ramp for someone in a wheelchair or whatever have you. But 
um, it's all based on having the same needs. And so as we begin to try and um, the other intent of the show is to try and break down the barrier between special needs and neurotypical uh, people, the mental health portion of it has presented us with a, what I think is a grand opportunity um, to redefine what that means. And it's made me do several things, which is that I've started to think if we go back just a couple of years, what is it that people did, you know, at that point in time when a light wasn't shined on what is taking place? So, um, and, and it's funny, I think that the universe speaks to you and when it does, you need to listen. Um, you know, I had a, um, uh, a story that I, that, I, that I saw the other day. Uh, I don't know how many of you might remember uh, an actress by the name of um, Lisa Nicole Carson. She, in the 90s, was uh, the epitome of a working actress in that she was on Ally McBeal and ER primarily at the same time. But she also had uh, roles on film and like uh, Jason's Lyric and a couple other things. So this is in the 90s. And when she sort of faded from the scene for a moment where she wasn't working as much, there was in, there were these stories that she had some kind of breakdown or something took place. And I had never heard her side of the story. And in, in the article, she talked about how when she was on Ally McBeal, somebody pu pulled her aside and said, you know, because she's naturally been, she said, she's described herself as a naturally outgoing person, almost to the point of like overly exuberant. And one of the uh, traits of a bipolar individual is that they're very, very high when they're high and then obviously very, very low when they're low. And she's naturally been always high up there, outgoing. And somebody pulled her aside and just suggested maybe she get looked at because some of her behavior um, fell in line with bipolar and she completely brushed it off. Hmm. And she happened to go back home to New York for an event of some kind and she was staying uh, in a hotel the hotel that she was at she found herself screaming in the lobby uh, or not the lobby i think maybe the hallway or something like that trying to get into her room and she had no idea why she was that distraught why she was that upset um she got taken to the hospital checked in and everything and when she was finally diagnosed with bipolar disorder she was completely blown away and trying to figure out like, how is that possible? Where did it come from? And um, without being a doctor, I do know from some uh, experience with, uh, you know, a, a loved one that what happens too is a person can live a with um, a normal childhood and signs not seen or, you know, or not there or undetected. And then things manifest later on in life, depending on what the situation is. But she claimed that she said that that took place. She went through several different treatments. And, you know, today she's got, she knows what medication works, what doesn't work, when to take it and everything. But she's good. And as much as she was seen in the late 90s, it's kind of hard to fathom that now she's out in auditions and that kind of thing. But that's because she's kind of come back around, so to speak. She, um, she didn't get the same response when she attempted to go right back to work. And this is by this point, probably early 2000s. And so it's interesting what's happened there. And then, of course, we have the situation with Simone Biles. And, and I want to share what I know of what took place chronologically, because the other thing that takes place it has been happening. Go ahead, Brian, you were going to say I was just before you do before you talk about Simone Biles, I mean, what you've just described with this actress and, and, and having a label of bipolar back in the time when that was a fairly new diagnosis, that's no different than somebody who's child diagnosed with ADD or ADHD or and it's or, not that long ago. Right, right, right. Or yeah. autism or dyslexia, right? So mm -hmm. people are afraid. They don't know what's going on. They're not sure why they're not processing information in a certain way. And then they were giving a, you know, oh, well, that's because you're exhibiting signs of this. And then there's a period, there's a period of time, I think, where that label became, some people believe that those labels become convenient to go, oh, well, that person just ADHD. Oh, well, that person just has Asperger's. Oh, that person just has anxiety and depression, right? So, mm -hmm. and, oh, that person's probably bipolar as a throwaway, as it like excuses, be, excuses behavior. So I think, again, the conversation that we're talking about is mental health diagnoses and mental health um, issues and treatments. It's, it's, it's very much along the lines of 
some of these other um, cognitive uh, issues that our that our, our children have when, when they have these diagnoses as well. So I just wanted to kind of point out what you've just described is I think a lot of parents of children who have ADHD will, will probably had experienced some of the same thing or or an mm -hmm. adult. We've talked to Constantine Anthony, who was diagnosed with, you know, on the autism spectrum as an adult. And he was like, oh, my God, it made so much sense. Right. Why I had a hard time scheduling things or I didn't pro my brain didn't process things properly. It's very much like somebody's like, oh, bipolar. I didn't even realize that I I had that. Well, how do I now? How do I treat that? So anyways, I just wanted to yeah. point that out. It's very similar. No, that so makes that makes sense. And before I kind of jump into the Simone Biles situation, the other thing is you hear people talking about the conservatorship case with um, Britney, Britney Spears, Spears. Yep. and they talk about um, there's a free Britney movement. And when you talk about how restrictive her situation is, everybody's like, Oh, she should be free. She should be able to make the choice and everything. Nobody's talking about, and this is where there's a, a teachable moment of a certain kind. I don't hear anybody talking about what her diagnosis is. And while it's obvious that she appears to be doing well, I don't hear anybody really talking about, um, you know, that as what well, you know, as well, how she's doing now, what she's able to do, because if we do both, you know, it solves a lot of mystery and, and, and uh, let, lets people know that they're not alone and can, you know, eliminate some angst because so you don't, I mean, it's her business per se, but everything else is kind of out there. I just think that people would benefit from knowing what the diagnosis was, why the conservatorship came into, into place to begin with, what does conservatorship mean, and why it is now that she's asking to be freed from it, because obviously she was in a bad place at some point in time with some of the choices that she made that were um, you know, public, and you could tell she wasn't well, and something took place to get from there to where she appears to be now, and those are things that people um, you know, can benefit from when and if someone is you know, able to um, to share, you know, that journey. And so looking at the Simone Biles situation, which is the most, uh, recent and it's taking place on the biggest stage. Um, I've looked at pieces of, um, broadcasts, you know, of the Olympics. So I didn't know in detail exactly what took place. So I guess what is, what is known is that she, at the very least talked about prior to the Olympics, having, you know, bouts of depression and everything. And, it being related to the pandemic. Okay. And then there's a team competition, which I, I, I didn't see, but from what I understand, what we know is that when she performs, it's just, it, it's near, near flawless. I mean, if you think about the fact that just as people refer to Michael Jordan as the, the, the best basketball player ever, the greatest, which is subjective because of the way the game has changed over different eras and things like that. People have in a sh relatively short window of time come to commonly refer to her as the greatest gymnast of all time. Yeah. Which means that to do that, she has to have played hurt or compete, uh, competed hurt. She has to have um, put in a lot of hours and a lot of time. And she has to know what it's like to get out there and do it even when she doesn't feel like it. With that said, she apparently faltered in her performance in the team competition and in the middle of that competition withdrew. And you, you know, you and I are into personal development. Uh, we tie it to our business and everything. And uh, so we read the teachings and wisdom of a lot of different people. And I'm gonna call a name. One of the people who I choose to do that with, especially taking in most of what he says is a gentleman by the name of Tim Grover. Tim Grover's most recent book is a book called Winning. Um, you know, he was a personal coach, uh, to Michael Jordan and later on became the same with Kobe Bryant and did the same thing with Dwayne Wade and everything about what he talks about is kind of like, it's what we as a culture like to hear, you know, the guy with the broken arm that showed up anyway and won and just pushed through, you know, the image of Kobe Bryant for all the, um, the guts and glory of, you know, his high flying act and his crazy buzzer beaters and all that kind of stuff. One of the most endearing things in his career for me will be when he tore his Achilles, walked to the free throw line, hit his free throws, and then walked off the court unattended. I don't even remember if they won that game. So for me, 
who relates to that, tries to apply that in life. And, you know, and I always find that I'm tougher than I thought. When I heard that she withdrew, my first question was, wow, that's odd. Like, I, I wonder what's going on. And, and, you know, and then my statement was, it really must be serious, you know? And I began to, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what it must be, but I didn't have any judgment, but I did have a question. I think everybody has a question, but I think too many of us have the question of why would she do that as opposed to, hmm, I wonder why she would do that. And the reason why I brought up Tim's name is because he made a post on social media with her image and her in tears. And it says, if you're, and I'm paraphrasing here, if you're going through hell on the road to victory and you quit, that's where you're going to stay. And considering what he's done with people in terms of mindset and everything, you know, um, I, there's respect that I have for that. But, you know, if we're, we happen to be in two different locations in Los Angeles, California, doing this show, yeah. right? You and I are in no position to give details on anybody's mindset um, nope. about an argument that could be taking place in Ohio because we're not there. Right. Right. We don't know. So what might one know about her situation to have any kind of judgment on what it is that that uh, that's taken place? I just I, I don't I, I don't get that. And so I'm 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 um, encouraged by a lot of the responses that I've seen from people that are standing by her. But there's a certain amount of vitriol uh, vitriol that's taking place, too, with regard to her backing out and people just like, oh, you just you know, um, it's something that can unite us, but it's also something that brings about some division, which we're in the middle of as a country right now more than ever. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, and she's on a grand scale because it's uh, obviously we're in the middle of, middle of the Olympics and she is a world champion and she has performed, you know, just amazing feats of skill. And, uh, and so that's why it's on everybody's uh, mind right now. It's, it just, it follows Naomi Osaka in tennis who mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't deal with um, the press after after an event, and partially because of the the mental process that that she goes through is in yeah. answering the questions. And I think a lot of so none of us can really opine on their experiences unless they've been in their shoes, right? And Tim Grover may have been a coach of basketball players, but unless he was a gymnast, I don't think. I mean, he can talk about, you know, athletic, my, uh, you know, mind, mindfulness and athletic, um, you know, how, how an athlete processes information. But unless you're spinning and doing two and a half rotations in the air and landing on your feet, you have no concept of what that of what it takes to do that. And you have mm -hmm. no idea. Um, and so here, the reality is. Go ahead. I'm just going to say, just I'm sorry. The other thing I'm thinking as you're saying that and even realizing what I said is even if you've done that, right. And that that's you, you're on the team with her, her skin, her shoes, her, that that's not yours. You don't know. It's just like, there's certain things that we can agree upon what it means to raise a child with autism. But at the same time, how we react to situations depends on who we are and who we are is determined by our experience, you know, our life experience altogether. So I don't know what her situation is like, even if I'm, even if I was on that team. Right, right. But I will say this again, the fact that the team has rallied is because the team has an understanding of what she goes through and what she puts herself through. She's, they're not in her skin, but they have an understanding of what it takes to be to be performing at the level that she performs at. And I think that that all of us who, who sit in our in our you know chairs on armchairs and do armchair quarterbacking, you know, we we have an opinion that again, to your point, we, uh, no foundation for which we make that we make that call. Um, that's the first, the first side of it is, listen, any, any athlete who has, who has had any sort of physical, um, has been impacted physically, right? Whether it's, whether it's a, a batter in baseball who got hit in the head with a pitch, that is going to be in their head for a long time. You can't yes. therapeutize that out of your head. If you've been a pitcher and you've, and you've pitched the ball and you've got hit in the head with a line drive coming back at 120 miles an hour. You can't not, you can't compartmentalize that away, right? That experience is there. If you, 
you know, the, the, the conversation about Carrie Strug during the Olympics, who, you know, limped to the, to the vault after clearly, clearly, uh, you know, injuring her knee to her leg to such horrific levels. Right. And, and, and then her, and then her coach telling her just, can we do it again? Can we do it again? Can we do it again? Right. You can't then expect that person to, to, to perform and not have that have an impact. It just does. Right. It just has an impact. So, mm -hmm. so for anybody to sit in judgment around the decision that she makes one way or the other is frankly, you know, it's, 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 it's ridiculous, honestly. And I'm realizing I'm taking a, a position here, but, but that's insane. That's insane. Unless you've done it, you don't know. And if operating at the highest level of, of your profession or of your athletic performance, and then, and then having other people expect that's, that's, that's the first, the second piece is that is what they deal with on a regular basis. The fact that Naomi Osaka didn't want to deal with the press is because if, if you've ever listened <laughs> to any press conversation with an athlete or a coach after any performance in any sport at any time, I am blown away by the inanity of the questions. Mm -hmm. I don't like the fact, I, I mean, I can't, I couldn't imagine being an athlete and having to hear the same most, you know, absolute ridiculous quest questions even the ones that are supportive, you know, what do you think was the, what do you think about what did, what was different today that you, you brought your a game and you succeeded. What was different? Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. I brought my a game. Like, I don't know today. Everything was working. The vibes were all yeah. like, I don't know. Why would you ask that question? Like why? Yeah. What did I do different? I'm a professional athlete and I do what I do every, every day. Sometimes the performance is, is results in a win. Sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't. I'm not doing anything different today than I've done before. Why are you asking me this question? Right? So, so there's two things. One is the, just the physical feat. And the second is this is, is, is having to, could you imagine anybody who, who ran a company to at the end of every day have to put up with press, you know, scrutiny, Hey, mm -hmm. Sean, you know, your, your company, you know, you said sales were going to be, you know, X and it actually was like X minus five, you know, Explain right. what happened today that was that was different today than yesterday. Can you please explain what was the what was the difference in your performance? Could you imagine if anybody had to deal with the kind of scrutiny that our professional athletes have to deal with? You know, on and a regular our, basis, and, and it's for our in, our entertainment. You know, for, for and, sure. And I just want to touch on something that she said. She said, "I just don't trust myself as much as I used to. Uh, I don't know if it's age, but I'm a little bit more nervous when I do gymnastics. I feel like I'm also not having as much fun. And I know that this Olympic Games, I wanted to do it for myself, and I was still doing it for other people. So that just hurts my heart badly. Yeah, it for sure. That's not to be ignored. I mean, those are those are her words. And so, you know, again, you have to wonder." You have to wonder what was different before, but it's obvious that she doesn't even know herself. For sure. And we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. By the way, not only have we have we lived in a global pandemic here, but this but the conversation about the impact of the pandemic and illness there in Tokyo, there are no fans in the stands. So clearly it's serious enough still in Tokyo for it to impact the ability for them to have an audience, a live audience. So they're not doing that. So it's there. All mm -hmm. the protocols, there have been teams eliminated. There have been teams sent home. There have been people who have so clearly the, that, that, that has been pervasive for the last almost 20 months still exists there. And these athletes are expected to perform at the highest level, even with not proper protection. So we don't know, as Sean said, we don't know what's going on in the backgrounds. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's happening, and we don't know what's happening in the head. The bottom line is that for people, as to your point, for somebody who is in a position where they have followers or they have a, they're a center of influence where they can impact other people, to take the position that they, as if they know what's going on and to make a judgment of somebody else is is uh not as it unprofessional it's unethical in my and opinion. it's irresponsible it's and irresponsible 100%. yeah because and what it what it is doing is urinating on your privilege that's what it that's what it that's what it that's what it is and 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 and, and, and i'm sure tim's not the only one he just happens to be a person i hold in high regard and i know of what sure. he did in his words and that is urination on your privilege because when you have a platform whereby you can empower impress and uplift people 
completely. You know, it's it's incumbent upon you to be responsible with it. You know, right. and, and I and I don't even know if it's it's the feelings. It's the because it, you could have done a better job of the way that comes across. And you know, as stated by Chandra, Chandra Collins, who's on here, and thank you for tuning in. Um, it's it is it's disrespectful, you know, yeah. and um, and the one thing that's interesting is I don't know how many people are saying what I was thinking this morning when I found out that, you know, within the last, uh, I guess it's I don't know, ten to fifteen hours, she's now withdrawn from the individual competition. Correct. And my thought prior to her doing that was like, is she going to withdraw from the individual competition because she's going to wonder if people are saying, oh, so you're in it for yourself, but you can't be there for the team, you know? Um, and then if I'm, while I'm at it, you know, this is our show, our platform. We happen to have relationships with, um, WSDX and the other pod, um, uh, platforms where our show is that they allow us to sit here and say what we have to say. If I'm going to call out Tim Grover, I just thought of something. I need to call out then Megan Kelly as well too. Um, because she took the same approach and, and took a shot at Naomi Osaka because Naomi, Naomi Osaka is on, uh, is featured in sports illustrated in the swimsuit edition. And, uh, Megan Kelly's position was, oh, so you can't stand and you know you you can't stand publicity when you're being asked questions that you don't like. But essentially, if you're going to you know uh, pose in a bathing suit and get some attention, then you're okay with that. You know, well, well, what people need to do is, you know, I don't know, people just need to treat each other right, man. That's just that's just. I, well, I, here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing, because you just said something a second ago. Let's go back to some mobiles for a second, because yeah, you know, when we did talk about news personalities who take certain, you know, take certain positions. Yeah. I don't, I mean, we, we could talk about that all day long. And we don't want to give them any more than they deserve. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. But, but you're, you're, you're sitting thinking, well, I wonder if she's going to, you know, if she's going to withdraw from the individual as well. It's not team, but the bottom line is if she chooses to withdraw, that's it. She mm -hmm. chose to withdraw. It's her choice. Yeah. It's yeah. her body. It's her, it's, 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 it's what she's going through. If she felt that she wasn't, isn't it interesting it was interesting. If 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 she had broken her foot and couldn't be perform, okay. yeah, nobody would say anything. Oh, she broke her foot, but she is feeling some some anxiety, some depression, some mental issue that's not a physical limitation, but it's and now and that can be questioned, right? People can call that into question and go, well, you know, oh, that's it must be her, you know, her agenda. It's her personal, you know, it's her personal reason. Which, yeah. by the way, if she chooses to withdraw for whatever reason. That's on her. That's hers to do. We don't have anything to say. It definitely is not. I, I, it's some people are saying, again, it's this weird sense that we're going through right now with this, this pseudo, um, you know, this, this patriotism thing. Like it's an, like somebody's personal withdrawal from this as if it's, it takes away from patriotism. And I guarantee you, if you watch the performance, if you see the performance and look at what happened when she lands, by the way, she doesn't stick to landing. She was, she you was, know something's not right. There's that's not what that, that's not what she does. There's something that happened for her to perform on the level that she's consistently performed at, and then in the middle of a twirl. By the way, they call it the twirlies because mm -hmm. literally in the middle of that, you if you lose, if you get, if you get, um, you know, if you get, I'm gonna say discombobulated. That's not the term, but if you lose some cognitive, you know, you have, you have some cognitive dissonance in the middle of that, it can be incredibly detrimental and incredibly harmful and incredibly injurious. You mm -hmm. could see when she landed that something was wrong. So if she decides to withdraw from it, that there's something wrong to take see, the position of she's doing something because of patriotism or, or, or what, anything other than, my God, there's something wrong. And let me just finish this last comment. And we'll yeah. like, take that with anybody who is dealing with a, with, a, with a mental health issue for you to sit in judgment and go, man, that person is blah, blah, blah in judgment without understanding there may be something wrong that, that they need help. That's the position we should be at this whole idea of empathy and love. Like they take the position of, Oh my gosh, I hope she's okay. I mm -hmm. hope he's all right. Anyways, there's more to talk about on that. I'm going to get to, I'm going to get to something on that, that as well. That, that, that's what I was going to say. Being the king of tangents that I am I like, you know, we compete for that, but I was saying that I don't know if anybody had, I hadn't heard anybody and I'm sure it's out there with wondering what I was thinking this, this morning, which was like, you know what? I wonder if she is okay. I wonder if she's okay. 
And if you watch yeah. her a lot, like you said, I, I I didn't see it, but if you watch her a lot and you see that what she does is just so flawless, you don't just wake up one day and have an issue. And we need to stop talking about, maybe we need to get rid of the term mental health because health is health. Whether you're talking about a gallbladder, a, your, 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 you know, your ankle, your finger, or your, or your, or your mind, you know, health is health. It's and, true. It's true. But, but it's, but it's, there is a distinction between mental health, physical health, spiritual health, spiritual and emotional health. health. Yes. Emotional yeah. health. Like yeah, there are, if, if you're, by the way, we always talk about in, things in terms of, you know, your, your body, your heart and your soul. Mm -hmm. more in there right so body heart and soul is exactly that physical mental emotional you know um all of those things do do come in do come into play it's just a, it's just a distinction correct robert says it or it's just about wellness right. right how do we make sure that people are taken care of and that we're not rushing to judgment about somebody because of something that we watch or we see or worse we have some pundit who sits in a, in a studio and being fed information into their ears that they then repeat that has nothing to do with what's happening with the individual. You know, you know? that's why you, and you and I talk about sports, right? It's funny because I look at, we should all be given the chance to evolve because my brother and I were talking about this the other day. Sports is the only, almost the only thing, I guess maybe politics too, where, you know, a person who has never dared to even attempt to fail at that which someone is a, is successful at, right, and have an opinion that they can give in so passionate a manner that you think you think that they're paid to give it. Think about all the big belly guys in a barber shop or at a water cooler or at a job or somebody sitting on their couch or whatever that has an opinion about an athlete who is in the top five percent or less of those that are gifted in the world and might be amongst some that are maybe even a little better and has a struggle. And you have this very public criticism of their attempt to even do something like that. And that, now that has, and that's without the mental illness. Then when you add on top of it, you know, um, the matter of mental illness, then, you know, it, it becomes exacerbated. And like you said, we accept somebody's, you know, ailment of any other kind, but that, okay. So you broke a, you broke a bone. Okay. That, that's all right. You, you have the flu, you know, that's okay. But you, you're not happy. You're you don't feel right emotionally. What does that have to do with anything? You know, yeah. just go, just go do it. Which is, I mean, ask questions. Questions are the things that are so much, so much more powerful. And and this isn't to let anybody off the hook. But we have a history of making more judgments than asking questions. And it, there's not just a stigma around mental health, but there's a lot of things that are unknown. And you know, in terms of what somebody carries and how it affects their ability to function. And there are things that we need to learn about what that means, what it does, and then how it impacts someone's ability to do any job that is on a grand stage where everybody's just sitting watching and, you know, has an opinion. Yeah. I, yeah, we, let's talk about one of my favorite subjects to talk about because it's, it, I think people feel like they can relate to it. You know, we used to, I used to, you know, watch Tony Robbins and Tony Robbins does this thing and he talks about, um, he asked, he asked his audience to raise their hands. So there's athletes who went from right. And we're getting a lot of comments, which I love, by the way, and we're going to get to these comments here in just a second. But, but, um, you know, Tony Robbins asked his audience, he says, how many people here loved, loved Robin Williams? Not liked, like, I don't raise your hand. If you liked, yeah. Robin Williams, mm -hmm. you liked his humor, like if you loved Robin Williams, like if you felt like he was, like part of your family, he was in your living room. He was he was relatable, all that. And you loved Robin. Like raise your hand if you loved Robin Williams, right? And people would raise their hands, and he would say, "You know what's amazing is that I would go around, I go around the world, and I ask that question, and there are so many thousands of people who actually loved Robin Williams." And then he goes on to talk about Robin Williams taking his own, you know, taking his own life, and he talks about it in terms of fulfillment. Robin wasn't fulfilled, right? Robin, you know, and again, by the way, he, they had a relationship and that's Tony Robbins. That's Tony Robbins perspective on what Robin Williams was experiencing. Tony doesn't know what Robin Williams was going through. As it turns out now, a couple of years later, we're finding that he had a diagnosis and he was having a heart. He was struggling with a mental health diagnosis. He had a mental health issue and he did not see a way out. It's not about, 
I'm loved by so many different people and that's not fulfilling enough to me. So we all have to go find fulfillment in our lives. He had a diagnosis of a mental health crisis and he, and he was struggling not only with the mental health issue, but the diagnosis as well. And so we all sit on our couch with who said, who, who's that? Robert Coward sit on the couch, takes a brave person to just be out and trying. They have more, how, how, more heart than the couch critic, little or big people. So shame on the potatoes. I totally agree. By the way, Tim Grover's not a couch potato. He deals with athletes all the time. And even then, still, he's making a judgment about something of which he doesn't know specifically and directly. And I would say there are probably people who, who deal with Simone who doesn't even know all the, the, the extent of what she is dealing with. So to make a decision about it, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, 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 it's irresponsible to articulate it out there and put it out there in the universe where people go, oh, you know, oh my God, look at that person. And we talk about athlete, athletes who, are, you know, who win championships as having a heart of a champion. Oh, that person's got a heart of a champion. They play yeah. hurt. That person wants it more than the other person, right? While that's what I'm saying, that's the story we love. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. We love that because it's because it gives us hope. Okay, if I just want it more, I can succeed at anything. If I put my heart into it, I can succeed at anything. And personal developmental, you know, deals a lot with think and grow rich, and you know, power of you know, uh, you know, the the law of attraction and the power of affirmations, and you know, all of that stuff. Which is, if I continue to put into the universe good, positive, uplifting things, I'm going to be pulled for it. And so. There is a there is a body heart soul connection in all of that, but to but to say well that person's no longer operating at that level, his heart's not in it. How many times have we heard that his heart is not in it, right? Mm -hmm. Simone, maybe her heart's not in it. Naomi, maybe there maybe her heart's not in it, right? The reality is, it is a full connection. It's your heart. It's your head. It's your soul. It's your physical body, and if there is a if there's something that is that is impacted, you're going to have difficulties operating at the highest level of performance all across the board and you need support and you need help. And, and our, our special needs families are dealing with the same, dealing with the same issues. Somebody who has a cognitive processing issue or a stimulus processing issue, or, or even take dyslexia where, where words come out them differently than they do for other people. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, the, they, it's not that they don't have heart. They don't have desire. They, they, they need support. They need help. And, the, and our, you know, to make this world a better place. And again, we're sitting here in some judgment, like that we're making the world a better place. Like we all should be, our first thought should be exactly what you said, Sean. Our first mm -hmm. thought should be, boy, I hope that she's okay. Does she need some support? I hope that she yeah. has support around her. Does she have help? Is there a way to get her, you know, back to, you know, being and the bottom, the bottom line is this, like we always talk about, which is, you know, let's get childlike, okay, and be a little less childish, right? We come into this world as close to perfect as we're ever going to be in most cases. There's so much to learn from the children that are around us. The children are, the, you know, this. it sounds like I'm in the recording studio for We Are The World or something like that, but the children, <laughs> the children are not, not only the key to tomorrow just because bring them up and show them the right way and you know all these kind of things but the truth of the matter is you know a, a child's curiosity is the key to the world being saved because if we got a little more curious we'd be like you know put it this way if we're going to arrive at the point that she's you know wrong for this or wrong for that or so get some knowledge and the way you get it is by at least asking a question and going well i wonder what the heck is really really going on I mean, is she okay? What is she experiencing exactly? And if her response, which it already has been, is I don't know when I'm trying to figure it out, then shut the hell up and let's figure out what it is that's going on and let's do that with everybody, you know, yeah. out there. Sorry. I agree. I agree. And it's funny. And I love that we're getting comments today. I know this, this is a subject because it's on everybody's mind. And by the way, here's the thing. It's okay. It's okay to get help. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get the hug. It's okay. It's more than okay. You, you, you have to. You have to ask for it. And then we need to ask people. Raise our consciousness. I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off. No, no. Pay, pay more attention. And if somebody doesn't seem, seem right, make them feel okay for asking for help because you are giving the impression that you even give a damn and you're just wondering, hey, is that person okay? I wonder. In other words, the, the, here's the thing. When we see people, whether it's, you know, and you know about it as a, as a parent 
to a tribe with special needs, when somebody looks at you sideways, when your kid's having a meltdown or whatever have you, it's okay to wonder. It's okay to ask. What matters is how you do it. So when you see somebody and something doesn't quite seem right or whatever, you know, get your stuff together and go ahead and ask, Hey, is everything okay? Do you, right. you know, are you, are you all right? And, and, and that's all it takes. Well, and the reality is anybody who's struggling or suffering, they want to still be included. Right. And so here's the thing about this community that we are, that we are members of. And part of our podcast, you know, on a regular basis is to, is to talk about expanding our, our community and talking about the needs of the community. And I will say that most folks in the community, in, in this community will deal with inclusivity versus exclusivity. And that's the biggest challenge, right? It's everything there, right. I'm, I, Oh, your, your child does not fit in with this. Hence remove them from the location. Right. Oh, in our restaurant, like you're just, your child is disturbing other patrons. So please leave. Right. It's, it's exclusive. And so most families who deal with special needs issues just want inclusion. Right. And so ask and they're OK with having somebody come up and ask them the question, as you just said, they're OK with somebody saying, is everything OK? Do you need help? What's wrong? <laughs> What's happening? Is there something that you can that, that, that we can help you with? Right. So so, yeah. it, you know, they're OK with being asked because they feel like they're being included. Right. They feel like they're not being excluded or separated or pointed at or, you know, judged. Right. And so anyways, the, 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 the whole point of what you're just saying is that, you know, this is this conversation is of 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 accepting, asking for accepting health, help, uh, help um, and getting mental health in, in line. And again, as many of these comments that we're getting today are talking about. Right. How is it? Why is it more acceptable for somebody to back out of a of a competition because of a physical issue, but not a mental issue? It's because we don't all can all relate to that. We can all relate to a broken arm. I've never had a broken bone in my body, by the way. So I can't relate to a, I don't know. I mean, I can empathize, but as I've, you know, I've had my, mm -hmm. my child has been in a, in a cast with, you know, issues with just growing bones in his foot and all, but I've never had that. So I can't yeah. relate, but I can empathize. And at the end of the day, that's the issue is that I can't relate. I have never done a twirl or been on a vault. I can't imagine what that's like. But if it's become a challenge where in midair, you can see the dislodging, I can empathize with that and go, oh my, I've never had that happen before, but is she okay? Yeah. Is everything and okay? I'm, and I got to tell you, so so perspective is, is everything. I know the days where I go for... <laughs> Yeah, this is you know, maybe this is age related where I go for a walk, right? Or even a full on workout or whatever. The days that I don't feel like doing it and I do it anyway, I always feel better that I did it. So I, my takeaways that I always feel like, you know what? You're always capable of more. You're always capable of more, but I've been blessed with good health all my life. So I haven't had like a real situation to worry about, you know, looking at athletes in general, um, um, oh my gosh, what is uh, Paul's last name? Forward Clippers play with Indiana. Um, um, Paul George, uh, yes, Paul George. Okay, so he, you know, is, is a tremendous athlete, a tremendous basketball player, and yeah. it just so happened that in the situations where the light seemed to shine the brightest up until the season in particular he would have performances that were the poorest. And of course, people would have opinions that were the loudest, right? And so they go on over and over and over and just like, oh, he just you know, can't handle the big moment, can't handle the big moment. And then you come to find out that he, much like Kevin Love and I think a couple other NBA players admit that they've dealt with depression. And I'm not just sitting here saying, yep. have compassion. I'm a caring person and you're not. Because when he was one of the first athletes that when they talked about depressing situations, I was kind of like, I wonder how that really affects your game. I mean, you're kind of, because the converse was in Kobe Bryant's situation. He was dealing with his trial and everything. If he's got depression, getting to the court and having the game on the line with all these people and the eyes on him was, was actually an escape from whatever his challenge was. Right. But each, and everybody applauds that because again, you know, that's a person of valor and you know, what a warrior. But everybody is different. I'm, I'm saying all that to say that my question with you know with Paul George's situation was I was kind of like I don't I, I I don't get that you can't put that aside to play a game of basketball. Like I wonder, I wonder how bad it is. So I didn't just get to 
the evolved, gee, I wonder if he needs help. I wonder if he's getting the help that he needs. My first question was just like, I don't understand that. How, how is that so? Well, I mean, if it's that bad, he's getting paid to do that, which he probably, I'm assuming, he would do for free because people you know, that do that at that level generally love it. How bad is it? So all I'm saying is that if I can get there, anybody can because I've wondered the same thing as well. And the questions have to be asked, asked again, which is what is it that has that person in that situation? What could be so bad for them to do that? And again, we, we live in such quick judgment of other people and don't, you know, everything we talked about in terms of the inclusion, that's what everybody wants. That's what the right. person at the, at the top of the, the top of the heap, everybody wants that. And we all deserve that. So if we ask the questions, we get closer to that. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And Chandra's uh, making a, a comment about, you know, in, in, in innate sexism and, and, and racism, even at the even at the highest levels, which by the I'm way, I'm glad she said that. I'm glad she said that because I, I wondered, I even told my wife, it's like, I wonder how different it would be if Simone was not black. Right. As well, in terms of right. responses, you know, because sure. not right. everybody's going to come. And, and how different would it be were she a male? Sure. And so, right. So imagine either of those two things happening, not, you know, not black, not, not a woman would the outrage and it's not really an outrage, but would the comments be different, right? For her. And for some people, they, they kind of have been, um, you know, because if we think of male athletes, I can't, I don't know if I can get anybody off the, the, the top of my head that has stepped away as a result of mental health. Um, I, I haven't, well, listen, granted, the Olympics Tiger is a different Woods, stage, but still. I would say Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods has had outside influences that have impacted his game and have changed. And he said physical and and mental. and mental issues that he has dealt with over the course of the last several years. And he has mm -hmm. changed his game. He's changed the way he plays, and he changed with And he has had a lot of outside stuff that has impacted his game. So I'm answering yeah. your your question, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there are examples. There are, there are, there are examples when it, when it does happen. But I will say this, because here's the thing to your point about both the sexism and racism. Those are two hot button topics that have, that have at the exact same time risen to the, to the, to the forefront of headlines and discussions at the same time as the pandemic, at the same time as other social unrest has been going on around the world. There's a lot of stuff that's coming to a head. And so those issues just become more poignant and more, you know, directed. And so, yes, is there a part of it? I'm, I'm sure there's a part of it. And by the way, I think it's, she's right. It's at every, at every athletic, you know, level, um, elite athletes are not, they don't get to escape it either. Venus and Serena Williams have been dealing with that for the longest time in, in tennis. Mm -hmm. Um, she made a comment, somebody made a comment about Federer and, um, and Nadal, you know, nobody questioned them when they backed out champions who backed out of a, out of a, out of a tournament for one reason or another, nobody really questions it. I'm sure that nobody said, oh, he's defiling the country and our patriotism to our country because he backed out of a tournament. I mean, it's just kind of yeah. insane. Uh, yeah. Ryan Lochte got busted for pot and uh, the tracks are that got qualified. Like, right. Nobody right. asked. Yeah. Nobody's asking the question. And by the way, again, I love that we're having this conversation. I thank everybody for, for contributing. And Sean Hall, our producer out there in Hawaii, has been making comments and Joe and Chandra, thank you guys for, for, for participating in this conversation, because yes, you're right. All of these points are great points and they should be part of our discussion. And, and, and Sean and I are really just, just, you know, just creating a platform to just continue to engage in these kinds of conversations because, you know, we need to, we, we, the world is changing. We're in the great re great reset. I keep calling it the great reset because people are trying mm -hmm. to figure out what they want to do with their lives going forward. They want to go to work in the same kind of company or do the same kind of activity that they did before for, for, you know, for an income and living, you know, working from home and not having to drive to work has changed the way we think about just how we live our lives. So those people who've lived at home or have been stuck at home or they've had their children who couldn't go to school. And so they're home. Um, that has had an impact. The socializational, the socialization impact that our children are dealing with by not being able to, how about all those, those, those kids who, missed on their senior year of high school Ugh. or right. The opportunity to, 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 that applies to my daughter, play at college level, right. A college mm -hmm. level of athletics or mm -hmm. a college level yep. of whatever it is. The final year, imagine for all of those that had the benefit of having our senior proms and, and, and senior events. That was an entire generations missed out on an entire year of senior activities. 
That's at the mm-hmm. high school level, but middle school, what about college? So it's going to have an impact and probably something that's going to be far reaching. And so our perspective is we have to figure out how to address these conversations, at least address these issues and have these conversations and not be afraid of them and not be afraid to get into it with people who make opinions on, based on judgment that have absolutely no bearing in reality and no relation and no relatedness to what, to what's happening. Right. And it goes back to what you mentioned the other day. We were talking about um, a post that uh, Gary Vanderchuk made where he was, you know, uh, colorfully talking about having the audacity to like, and these are my words, not his, but swim in and own your opinion and almost, you know, and no one else's counts. That's where all the isms come from. Sexism, racism, you know, whatever have you, because the, the idea is, Here's how I think. And if you don't think that way, not only are you wrong, and even though I know I'm not going to change your mind, I'm going to stand here and be belligerent and tell you how I feel and how wrong you are just over and over and over and over again. You yeah. know, with the exception of being kind to other people, um, treating people with respect and decency, you know, we don't have to agree on everything else. Yeah. I will say I love that I love that clip. It's I've I've watched it several times. I've played it over, you know, and I and I think it's a a, a powerful conversation. First of all, he's very colorful in his language and how he communicates. So, yes. um, you know, but he's very straightforward and there's no holding back and there's no BS with with a guy named like Gary Vaynerchuk. And so one of the things that he said is, you know, you know, I have an opinion and and you have a different of a difference of opinion that it's not like I can be right and yours doesn't exist or you, right. It's it's you can have both because yeah. I, I'm thinking that somebody's difference of opinion automatically, you know, eliminates or crosses out my opinion. That's people who live in a world of scarcity. That's people who live in the world of either or it's either my mm-hmm. opinion or yours. It can't be both. Right. And the reality is the world is filled with his perspective. If you just add the letters M and E to the word or you have more more. Right. So mm-hmm. you, this is not about one or it's more, it's, a, you can have both. And it's funny because I was, I don't know why I was doing this this week, but just coincidentally, I was looking at quotes from Aristotle. <laughs> Trust me. I, there was probably a reason for it. I'm not sure what it was, but one of the <laughs> things he said is a, a sign of intelligence is somebody who can have two competing thoughts in their head and give them both validity. Yes. You can have two thoughts in your head that are competing and still give a grant them you know, existence and grant them presence. You can do that. It's somebody who's like, right. oh, my opinion counts and yours doesn't rub up. You know, that's that's somebody who is, I will say a majority of folks who 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 take their position in, in, in the news media and make an opinion based on a particular agenda, what they're promoting is non-education. Like you don't have to go look it up. Just listen to what I'm saying. When the reality mm-hmm. is the more educated we are, the more educated we are, the, the, the better we can understand. The fact that we have what's going on in the States right now and in our school system and eliminating history and historical facts, because oh we don't want gosh. people to have to deal with that. <laughs> the true literal whitewashing of our American history, mm-hmm. um, like that is not, that's the opposite of the direction we need to be going in. We need to be yeah. going, let's educate with more information that gives you a broader picture so you can make an educated decision before you open your mouth, especially mm-hmm. if you're in a position to to be a center of influence for somebody else. And here's the thing, too. It's like the country is a large dinner table. Everybody's a family or should be, right? And if you have certain topics that you just don't talk about at the dinner table, the children in that family are going to go have those discussions elsewhere or be uninformed and get slapped upside the head by reality and run around being ignorant and living in fantasy. And that's what we've been doing for since our very inception. I, I, yes, I totally agree. It's about more conversations, by the way, in our profession, the conversation about money is another one of those people aren't talking about money. So they're not learning about money. So they're not getting educated on financial topics. They're not getting educated on the things that they need to get, to be able to, to seek out answers and the internet with, which gives us access to more information than we've ever had before. The problem is it's, it's good and bad information and people are almost inundated. They don't know how to, how to kind of sort through it all. So 
So the bottom line is, you know, again, I think that as edu as educators, we all take a role, take a hand in making sure that our people are looking for answers and not willing to accept something just on face value. Right. Um, a few of the other comments, if, if Biles backing out, speaking up contributes to one person, especially one young girl of color, perhaps speaking up and asking for help, then she did right. By the way, I'm just going to say, say it. it was an adult, even if it was an adult, that's not a person of color. It doesn't matter if she's made it, if she's, if she's gotten somebody to go, oh my gosh, I need help. Obvious, obviously I'm not taking away. She is a, she is a, a leading example for, for young girls of color to step out and be great champions. And she definitely has done that, but she's also set the bar and contributed to the conversation that mental health discussions need to happen and need to be head, dealt with head on and not be shied away from and not be um, quieted because of they're being afraid of being judged by somebody else again. Yeah. And I saw a, a comment earlier when I posted letting people know what we're going to be talking about. Someone that I know and respect that happens to be a parent to a child with autism who's now an adult, their response was, well, you're not going to like my take on it. I'm old school and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, you know, like, yeah, you, you know. Slavery is old school too. Women not voting is old school too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Walking walking to school uphill both ways in the snow barefoot, not having a car is old school as well. You know, old school consists of a certain amount of ignorance also. So we did what we did based on what we know. Let's know some more and get curious about each other and make the world a freaking better place. Because the world is filled up with people that have a whole bunch of different, you know, dealing with a whole bunch of, of, of their own issues. And Sean, as you say all the time, there's no difference, right? People, there's no special need. It's just more of certain needs. We all have the same needs. Mm -hmm. And as we kind of wind this hour down, my God, I know we could talk about this for hours. And Robert always says, you need two hours, but I'm going to ask you to actually <laughs> keep people engaged for two hours. But this subject, again, we did this a second week because we got so much feedback from last week, and we probably will continue the conversation. And the reality is we're seeing it play out in the headlines on a daily basis now. Um, and so we want to have this conversation, and we love all of your contributions and love to, to continue to engage in this conversation because what it does is the thing that I say always at the end of our show is because it shows that there are people who care about empathy and love and, and want to share that and want to give access to that and want to make sure that you know, before we sit and judge other people, that we're that take a moment and, and think from a perspective of empathy and love. Can we make this world a better place without in Gary Vanderchek's way with this concept of more, not either or, but more? So more. thank you all for listening and for contributing today to this conversation. There's more to come on this. And we're gonna bring other people who have had experience in having conversations, you know, probably more, you know professionals <laughs> more professional than sean and i and have a lot of experience in this space but thank you for participating thank you for contributing on facebook and for those who are making comments on youtube and for those listening on apple podcasts and google podcasts and wherever the podcasts are um thank you for being a, a part of what we're doing a part of this conversation and a part of this experiment that sean and i do but just two dads just getting into conversations that should be had it doesn't matter who it is we should all be talking about this <laughs> thank you robert for commenting Robert down in in the Virgin Islands where he's hearing us on you know WSTX uh, AM radio too to our family down there thank you so much for for letting us uh, come into your living rooms and into your radios and into your cars and being a part of, of what we're doing so and I'm grateful to Sean Hall in Hawaii for the work that does my daughter Joe and Sean Francis always I love you so much my friend and, and what a great conversation today Yes, yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, the feeling is mutual. I love you right back. Um, I want to, again, thank everyone that, that that chimed in and contributed. And make sure you share this. Make sure you, you know, it's going to be up on the YouTube page as well on, you know, every platform virtually where you find podcasts, share it with people, and then you can contribute to the episodes that take place. This show is for you. So we want to make sure that we hear from you in terms of the things that you want to talk about. And so I'll, uh, gosh, close out as I usually do. Um, by making sure that I thank uh, two of the most important uh, women in my life without whom I could not even begin to be who I attempt to try and be. And that is my mom, Jan, and my uh, amazing wife, Laura. Um, and we, again, we're going to be touch touching on different subjects like this. We have uh, our dates of September 17th and 18th for our upcoming um, um, special needs summit. Uh, we're going to be covering a lot of topics. We're putting the final touches on it. And I'm going to, for those of you that are looking at this, I'm going to look a little deeper into the ca uh, camera if I can, because I got a text message during our broadcast that just confirmed to me, 
um, how right we are to do this and how many more people there are, there are out there that need to know that they're not alone. So remember, there is no such thing as special needs. Everyone has the same needs. They need to be heard. They need to be loved. They need to know that you matter. Because of a disability diagnosis or catastrophic injury, some of us may need more of those things than others, but everybody needs the same thing. And trust me when I tell you that you matter. And if you're watching this, we love you. We love you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, everybody. Looking forward to seeing you again soon, next week. Just two days. Thanks.